commitment, dedication, success. Copland, Keebler, and Wallace, the most trusted name in executive search and consulting, welcomes you to the KKNW podcast, where we delve deep into the not so simple art of hospitality. And now here's your host, award-winning journalist, compelling storyteller, and video strategist, Corey Saban. And hello again, everybody. Today, I am joined by Annette Whitley, who has nearly 20 years of luxury hospitality service experience. Annette is a sought-after F&B trainer and consultant, a lifelong learner who is passionate about building a strong foundation for the team she works with. Annette specializes in building leadership and service teams, product knowledge, and developing systems that work. Annette, it's so great to catch up with you again. Great to catch up with you too, Corey, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. So, Annette, when it comes down to it, so many clubs are looking for top culinary talent. What are the search committees looking for specifically, and how hard is it to find? Well, we've uh, we've been really busy, and uh, I think uh, everybody is feeling it right now with regards to their staffing, and uh, I know we all are busier than we've ever been, and uh, on all the searches that we do, uh, we get asked but consistently the top things that we're asked for or to look for are leadership, and as you know, we're in the, we're in the leadership business in, in all of our searches, whether we're looking for an executive chef or we're looking for uh, you know, a general manager or an ATM or controller or director of uh, communication and marketing. We, we're looking for strong leaders. And uh, I'm sure you see that as you're out and about uh, in different clubs as well. It's, uh, it's looking for those, those top leadership policies. Absolutely. In fact, one of the things that really jumps out to me as it relates to culinary is creativity. What are your thoughts on that? Mm, yes. Um, and uh, is a big thing that uh, we're looking for in those chefs. And along with that creativity, we're looking for somebody that is consistent as well, right? That they have that creativity to come up with that menu, come up with that exciting dish, but then they are able to consistently execute on that dish uh, every single time for every single member. And, and that's hard, right? Those basics are really difficult. And then that comes down to not just being innovative and creative, but then knowing that your team can execute on those things even when you're not there consistently and uh, having systems to support that. So that's something we're really looking for um, when we're sourcing and talking to executive chefs and talking to clubs as well. You know, I imagine there's so many trends as it relates to culinary. Um, What are some of those trends that you're seeing right now? Across the industry, the biggest trend, I don't know if this is a trend or it's staffing right so really mm. looking for people <laughs> really looking for top talent and people um i mean i can go very uh you know as far as food trends i think every club i go to asks me um we need somebody that's going to be on top of the plant base and ancient grains etc but you know only one member eats it but we got to have something on the menu <laughs> that includes <laughs> that um but the the biggest uh question we're being asked 
across every area of staffing. Is that something you're seeing too uh, on your travels as you go to different clubs? You know, I'm seeing that a lot of clubs are forced to not open all of their venues because they don't have enough staff or they can't get the foreign workers. They can't get local workers and they're trying to come up with some creative initiatives. Um, One of the things that always comes to mind is the opportunity for a club general manager to perhaps team up with the local college or state college to see how they can create or enhance their hospitality program to create a pipeline or team up with the local uh, hiring agency that's in each town to let them know they're out there and to get out beyond their bubble. That always fascinates me. Um, Beyond people, though, I would think that a lot of the, the people that are mostly sought after, these top chefs, have a lot more choice than ever. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head with a couple things there. Um, you know, if you're not already connected with a school um, or a college, and sadly, a lot of them have closed in recent years, which is a concern for the entire industry. Um, if you're not already connected, you need to be ASAP because the top talent out there already have a deep pipeline of people and a, a deep web of connections, and they're already known and established as a developer of people, which um, that's one of the things that everybody's looking for now and the team, if you're going to attract talent, you need to have a reputation as a mentor, as a developer, as somebody that can grow in their career because obviously that's uh, you know, the number one for people coming up in the industry. So those networks are super important and continuing and fostering and maintaining those. And then to your other point, uh, I think we really, as leaders in the industry now, and especially with the chefs, we have to be the ones um, being proactive about protecting our teams and being proactive about uh, informing our members more than ever what we can and will do, not what we can't and won't. So that's um, our uh, very political and uh, professional way of saying no, in that if I have this many people on my team, I can deliver this level of service to you within these hours without burning out my team because what we don't want to see is that spiral of, um, you know, we're overworking our team and they're leaving and we can't replace them or we replace them with people that aren't as talented and then we kind of go down this, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy of, uh, of bad stuff and can't deliver on what we want to for the members. So having leaders in our industry right now that are saying, hold on a minute, let's get in front of this. Let's be proactive. Let's operate this restaurant for these hours with this team, with this menu that we can deliver on really well right now. And until we can build back up, this is what we're offering. So I think you're, you're seeing that. I'm seeing that. And the places that are being successful right now are, are doing that proactively, and it's communicating in- that to the members. And it's interesting you say that because one of the things that just struck a chord with me is I would think because of COVID as well that people are seeking healthier foods and that buffets are out and that these ghost type kitchens are thriving. That's it's really interesting, Corey. It depends where you are in the country. Uh, buffets were persona non grata, obviously because of COVID and, and everywhere for a while. They're back with a vengeance depending mm. on where you are. Um, obviously with the screens and the tongs and more people self, you know, not no self service so much. Some other people, you know, serving or, having all of the correct PPE. Um, so depending on you are, the ghost kitchens has been fun. It's been really great concepts with uh, beautiful concepted menus and uh, to-go wear and labels, and that's been really fun to see. And the healthy side of things, 
what's been fascinating is I've had several clubs communicate to me that when they're doing the to-go's, the members are eating less healthier than when they're eating in their restaurants. And we attributed that in, our, in a very non-scientific way of <laughs> the people I've discussed to when they're sitting down with their friends at the club and they're ordering, they're more particular about what they're seen to be eating, whereas when they're ordering for their family to go to the house, they'll probably go with fried chicken dinner. So that's kind of <laughs> fun to have discussions about as we've been walking around and talking to different people across the country. Well, there's but a there certain comfort a, to that. Yes. <laughs> there's still a huge, huge difference between where you are in the country and where we're at. Well, I like this dialogue. It's very important. And before we continue, and I can ask you what the members are looking for, I'd like to share more about F&B training. And the people and teams celebrated as the best will tell you how hard they work to achieve that status. They will tell you how they train every single day. You simply do not achieve excellence without training and the programs crafted at Copland, Keebler, and Wallace. They grow passion and they grow confidence. Those interactive workshops involve storytelling, sharing experiences, role-playing, situational awareness, and more. They connect your team to the experiences that they are delivering by helping them enjoy the process and the products that your club is extending to the membership. Learn more at www.kkandw.com under section heading for our clients. Annette, I was curious, what are the members looking for now in top culinary talent? So when speaking to the members, the top three things that really get asked for is uh, innovation and creativity, so variety in the in the menu. We, they always want more variety in the menu offerings. Uh, they want value and top quality, so because of those two things combined. And then a relationship and presence with the chef. Those are really the main things that I get asked for consistently across all the searches we do. Uh, they want to have that relationship with the chef. They want to see that chef and, and have that trust that that chef is the expert in their field and that they feel a presence with them you know, throughout the club. So then what do you advise? Because you certainly can't teach visibility. That's true. And uh, what's interesting is, uh, you know, that is becoming more and more important to have that chef that is front-facing and is out and uh, talking to members and maybe not traditionally or, you know, 10 years ago, something that you would have associated with. But I think all of the food network and food shows and travel channel and everything, it's kind of forced chefs into the limelight. And uh, those that don't enjoy it, maybe that's more of a struggle. Hopefully there's someone on their team that does. Um, but uh, it, it also means they can get out and they can inform the members, create those relationships with the members, listen to the members, and it allows them to be proactive as well, uh, you know, head things off and get in front of things and then then listen to the members as well. So it's becoming more and more important to be out there front-facing. And to be able to do that, you have to have everything organized in the back, right? Because you can't be out on the floor if, uh, you know, the line and your back-of-house team isn't uh, properly organized and staffed and the systems are in place. And that's where those systems really come into place. The other thing that you really jumped on uh, that you mentioned that stood out to me was innovation. And what are some of the innovative trends and how much rope essentially does a chef have to go out and create? 
I think what's really interesting, especially in the private club world, is we talk about innovation, but we still want to maintain and respect tradition. So what's truly important is that the turkey club sandwich or the burger or the salad that is the club favorite, that is respected and elevated. So really looking at quality ingredients and really looking at how you can take something that's beloved and make it better without changing it, because there's an art to that. Um, and then the innovation, the, the chefs really get to drive that. And in a lot of the really great clubs, that's up to the chef, right? What wine dinner do they want to put on? What event do they put on? What do they want to experiment with? And I think that's the beauty of being a club chef, is you get to set the direction of that. You get to, if you want to learn a different type of cuisine and you want to learn some different techniques and you can put on an event and you can train your team on those and it's a win-win-win all the way around because the members get a different experience, your team gets development, you get to expand your culinary skills and so that's how chefs and clubs can really have fun with different um, techniques and cuisines more than, you know, you're working in an independent restaurant, you're executing the same member uh, menu over and over and over again and it may not be your vision right if it's a celebrity chef restaurant or a corporate restaurant you have to do the same thing so that's why clubs are pretty fun in that regard two things that really stand out to me are experience uh, experiential dining where that meal is just an experience but then it seems to me just based on my travels that then during covid that was replaced obviously with fast and casual let's get it to go is that what you're I mean, seeing and has that stuck around? Yeah. I mean, how often do you go out to really dine, Corey? Like, how many times in the last year have you been out to dine, dine? Um, dine, dine. In the last year, not a much because of COVID. Um, you know, it would I would leave it to celebrations, if you will. So not a lot, to be honest. Yeah. Whereas fast casual just seems easy. It is, and I think that's true of a lot of us. Um I probably dine more than most because I'm on the road all the time, but that's by the nature of my job, not um, by the, what I do. I mean, when I'm home, I'm looking for quick, simple, and quality and consistent. And if I think about my dining patterns when I'm at home and the places I go to, I think that really equates well to a private club and, and members. You go kind of to the same places and you get kind of the same thing. And if they're not the same each time you really notice it. So coming back into that quality and consistency, um, and especially through the pandemic, people have been really sticking to their same places where they feel safe, and that's their club. So uh, dining patterns in the last year have probably been more repetitive in that sense than, than before. So as it relates to the members, how important is it to appeal to everyone uh, and to maybe, if you only have, as you mentioned, maybe one or two members who are vegan or plant-based, mm-hmm. to start pushing things that way because people are starting to evolve more. Yeah, and I think um, it, it, we have to be the subject matter experts, right? When you go out to eat, you're looking for what what new can you show me? And if you see kind of insert same menu, different location, it, it's kind of boring, right? You look at it and you're like, oh, I've seen this menu before. Uh, and I think that's where the chefs get to, you know, they stay on top of the trend, stay on top of what's in, stay on top of different ingredients and just present them in different ways. So there's one dish I keep seeing in different places, but it's a total play off of, um, you know, bang, bang shrimp. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm seeing bang, bang cauliflower in a lot of places. It's just a dish that keeps sticking 
hanging out and I've had it in a couple different places and that's a good way of creating what can be a vegan and or vegetarian depending on the source and how you if you bread it etc uh, gluten-free potentially depending on all of the above what ingredients you use and it's a delicious shareable dish checks all of those boxes and that's just one example that I've seen frequently in the last uh, few months but those types of dishes and playing with um, something that's a known item in just a different way that checks those boxes wouldn't just appeal to those one or two members that would be something that you and I would sit down and enjoy as well and I think that's kind of something that we're starting to see more on menus so that you're tying in the innovation but you're tying in those dietary restrictions and those health trends into something that is accessible more than just one person. No, I would agree with that. In fact, it's funny. Last night I had the general sow's cauliflower. So yeah, there you the, go. <laughs> along the same line. You're going to see it everywhere now. About. That's yes. very funny. So before we move on to our next topic, I do want to talk about coaching that is offered by KKNW. And you can do that by turning your vision into reality with leadership coaching from Copland, Keebler, and Wallace. Leadership is at a higher level about creating value. And the team at KKNW is dedicated to helping leaders focus their limited time on doing the right things in a matter that is sustainable. The process involves inquisitive interaction so leaders can gain insight and authentic awareness about their circumstances. The technique affords leaders the ability to recognize and choose their path forward with the support of coaching and accountability measures in place. Coaching services are fully customizable to personnel or organizational needs. Learn more at www.kknw.com under section heading for our clients. So Annette, being that you're out on the road so much and that you're helping to fulfill these positions and fill them, I should say, what leadership and hiring trends are you seeing for the future in the upcoming year? Gosh, um, you know, I'm talking to Tom about this this morning, and uh, it's hard to know where we're even going to be 90 days from now. It's uh, more challenging than we've ever seen before. Um, the, our industry, not just the club industry, but the hospitality industry, um, it's, uh, I was just looking at a statistic this morning that was uh, from a black box workforce intelligence report that said there are 70% more job vacancies than pre-pandemic levels across all of our industries and 10% fewer people to fill them. So the mm. biggest gap that we've ever had. And, you know, people are leaving our industries for, leaving our industry for other industries. They're leaving uh, because of, you know, lack of, wages and benefits or lower that we have lower wages and benefits they're leaving uh, because they don't have childcare, um and they're leaving maybe because of concerns about mental and physical health as well uh you know and looking i fly all the time and you look at all of the airlines and what they have to deal with as well and essentially in the hospitality business as well um you know dealing with people every day and uh this has made people more difficult to deal with than ever before as well so as far as where we're going to be even in the short term is, you know, it's dynamic. <laughs> it's, there's a lot going on and we are busier than we have ever been at Copland Fever and Wallace. Um, you know, we have more searches and more requests for training than, than ever before. And I think that's reflective of what everyone else is feeling too. Um, so looking to the future, uh, I'm sure you see this as well. And, and, Especially, you know, people aren't going to work the way they did before in the past. 
they're not going to work the hours, right? They're not going to work under the same stress levels. So we have to change, right? We have to change the way we staff. We have to look at our culture in different ways and we have to um, get ahead of that and then educate our members, right? How is this going to affect our, our dues lines and our staffing models? Well, that's interesting you say that because the if you're thinking of the kitchen, you can't really do remote working there. So how do you overcome that if there's a staff shortage? Well, exactly. Um, and that you have to be there, right? You have to physically be there to do what you need to do. Um, but you can, uh, you know, you physically have to be there for putting out the food, but you could work for a couple hours from home while you, you know, watch the kids or you could do your schedule on your laptop from, you know, coffee shop or, you know, there's other um, ways you can get the paperwork side of things done and offer some flexibility with the sous chefs and your support staff, et cetera. Um, you don't necessarily have to be in the building to do some of that paperwork side of things. And I, I don't know about you, but I get a lot of just uh, tactical stuff done in between, you know, doctor's appointments and running to the supermarket and things like that. Uh, so is there a way that we can allow our leadership team to do that more as well rather than to be there. And then you're probably going to need, instead of one sous chef, you're going to now need two sous chefs um, and looking at the staffing model for that moving forward because people just aren't going to work the hours they used to work. So we have to get ready to evolve and change so that we can support that better life balance that other industries are all offering now. And I would think that streamlining as well as cross-promotion, or excuse me, cross-training would come into play to help increase efficiencies. And is that something that you're starting to roll out and offer to clubs? Yeah, it's uh, looking at being creative, right? How can different areas, how can you do that? Um, I actually haven't seen a whole lot of, you know, other than cross-training or um, working in, in different parts of the kitchen or different parts of food and beverage, um, I haven't seen a whole lot of that. Is that something you've noticed or seen? I'm just kind of thinking back to my hotel and resort days when we would have the team from the front desk come help us with a plate up or we'd go help Valley park cars on the front drive. But within s and I'm not sure I've really seen so much cross-training or cross-utilization of people outside of that. Well, teaching them front of the house abilities. Um, one of the things and the reasons I bring that up is the opportunity for that to happen to help with the employee shortage and really gives the other person, if you think about it, a knowledge of the their colleagues' position so they can have a better understanding and be more empathetic so that when a challenge arises, plus they're also able to fill in, they make themselves more of a, a valuable tool to the organization. That's something, obviously, that's happening in other industries right now because of what you had brought up, because of the supply and demand issues, because of uh, the remote working. And another challenge is a lot of employees and organizations are putting a more a, a bigger emphasis on social responsibility in that brand of, hey, you're more than just an employee. We value you. And here are some of the things that we're going to do to highlight that. Um, expanding the break rooms beyond just the motivational quotes on the wall and creating a lifestyle that embraces sustainability, awareness, engagement, and some of the DEI initiatives that are out there. Are you seeing that at all? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the great clubs that we work with, the successful clubs, have all kinds of different, you know, flexibility, um, job banks, 
um, opportunities to go through like country club college and um, get exposure to different uh, areas through that type of uh, program. And then what you've mentioned there as well with that cohesion between front and back of house, I think what's really, um, really important there, and, and when I have my training hat on, when I go into clubs, I often get asked, oh, does the kitchen need to be there? I'm like, yeah. yes, they do, because they need to hear what I'm telling your front of house team, and your front of house team needs to realize what I'm telling them is being heard by the kitchen, because <laughs> we need both of you to be successful. And consistently when I have front of house and back of house in the trainings together, or they go, oh my gosh, this is so great. Yeah, because we need to understand each other's world because the back of house then needs to hear like, what are the things they're getting asked on the floor and how are they responding to them? And this is where that communication comes into play, right? We have to have that clear communication between both areas so that they can <laughs> be all rowing in the same direction, if you will. Um, yeah, and then to just touch on the other things that you mentioned, right, we're all the different, the total package that we offer, right, what are we doing um, for social awareness and, uh, you know, having our contribution to the planet and <laughs> our contribution to society and um, our social conscience is so much more important to employees in the workplace, right, they want to feel like they're making a difference, so how are we weaving that into our the total experience of working at your club? And that difference is important. And going back to your restaurant, uh, where I talked about, I had the uh, the bang bang cauliflower, if you will. Yes. Um, food transparency is something that I'm seeing a lot more of as well. This was grown, or this was created, or we got this bean from here. Is that something that you're seeing as well? And do you think that's a trend that will stay with us? I think so. It's definitely seen more frequently, and I've had gosh three searches in the last uh, couple months where there's been a garden or they've made their own honey or um, they've had um, lots of space and land. I mean, there's one club I have right now, I mean, it has a full-on garden with like a farmer where they plan out the menu based off they're going to be able to plan out what they're going to grow and put on the menu. Um, And that is so fun, and I get super excited about that and really passionate about where food comes from. And I think uh, you know, the chefs do too. And a lot of chefs, you know, they want the opportunity to connect with the product on that level. So being able to have that, even if you just like eke out a little um, area of, uh, you know, off to the side where Greens and Browns is and make it the, the chef's space where uh, they can go and uh, at least say, like, these items are from our garden. Uh, and then a lot of what I get asked for as well is, yes, how are we engaging with local growers? How are we engaging with artisans? Um, and then how are we incorporating that into our menus? And I think like going to the root of the profession, like that's where the fun is, right? That's, if you're at a club that's investing in that and we get to do that as a chef, I think that's a tremendous advantage and benefit and a lot of fun. And especially now with the supply chain, uh, being so backed up and it being harder and harder to get product, uh, being really engaged in what is local and fresh it is even more important now than ever. I mean, it, it's not just a trend anymore. It's part of what we do. Um, and uh, I believe that's going to continue more and more. I think we're going to go get even more and more local as we continue to evolve and come out of this period of our industry. 
Yeah, and that's an interesting trend to watch, and it's great to see you're 100% correct. Oh, this was grown in our garden, and if you can mm-hmm. showcase that to the members as well, hey, this is our garden where those vegetables came from or those mushrooms were grown, whatever it may be. That's pretty impressive. I like that a lot. The Copland, You're going to order that, right? <laughs> oh, 100%. You know, 100% I'll order that because especially if you show me how it's made or give me the opportunity to walk through it. There's a restaurant in Tampa in Florida that does something like that and says, oh, walk through and this is where a majority of the items in your salad are, are coming from. And it's kind of cool to see. Yeah. So let me brag about the Copland, Keebler, and Wallace team members and how they're committed to the success of their clients, the professionals they place in the industry they love. Through their commitment and dedication, they are able to advance the careers of the candidates, improve their well-being of their clients, and have fun every day. And that's something you guys do. Learn more at www.kkandw.com. So, Annette, a bonus question for you, if you will. What is some advice that you would offer to general managers for the upcoming year? Look after your team. I mean, this has been obviously something we've always done and obviously something that's always top priority. But now more than ever, the team members that we have, we really need to look after them. We need to make sure that they're doing okay. We need to make sure that they have the tools and equipment to do their job. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I go into a place and their point of sale just doesn't work for them. Uh, you know, get them a great piece of equipment that makes <laughs> taking care of the members easier. Or there's a piece of equipment that's broken, and you know, fix the equipment. Give them the tools they need to do their job, and then make sure they get their days off. Um, so passionate about this right now. We have to really think about what we say yes to because we cannot afford to lose more people. So really listening to the team, investing in the team, um, making sure that they are supported, they feel supported, they feel that culture that we've worked so hard to build and maintain and that we're putting them first. And uh, when we do that, of course, we know what happens. They're going to bring their friends and their reputation and the clubs that are doing this, of course, they're going from strength to strength to strength. And uh more than ever protect your team (laughs) (laughs) well that's valuable advice i appreciate all of your time as always annette it's always a pleasure Corey. i'm wishing you a happy thanksgiving for tomorrow and same to you as well and thank you everyone for tuning in to the copland keebler and wallace podcast